our scripture lesson today really kind of shows how great our Lord is. And Bob will be talking about it, but it's, it is picking up in the story of Joseph. And it comes from the book of Genesis. And I don't know about you, but Joseph's one of my favorite people in the entire Bible, and I really enjoy it. And it's at the time when Joseph is reunited with his brothers, and he reveals who he is to his brothers. So picking up in chapter 45, beginning at verse 3, And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were unable to answer him, because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been a famine in the land, for the next five years, there will not be plowing and re- weeping, reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all of Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you and your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all that you have. I will provide for you there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. And he kissed and all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you very much, Jeff. So we found out something about Jeff today. He likes Joseph. We'll come back to that in a minute because Joseph is a great story. And the reason we picked that story today is to speak about Joseph and what happened to him. And it is a great story. But to get us started in kind of a theme I want to move into with this story, I want to begin with this image that is on the cover of your bulletin, I believe. Isn't that the same image as in your bulletin? Were you reading your bulletin? Do you know what image is there? Uh, Many of you know that I have a a vacation property in Elk County, Pennsylvania, where we do have elk. My son was up there last weekend with my brother and his wife, and uh, my buddy from high school was there actually as well in the area, and there were literally a hundred elk in our yard. And ever since we uh, have been going up there now for almost uh, 30-some years, I enjoy so much, taking pictures of these elk. Literally over thousands and thousands of pictures. 
Some are ho-hum and boring, but some aren't too bad. And just this month, I finally, after many years of trying, had one of those images published in a national magazine. And it was a wonderful, wonderful thing for me to have that happen. But every time I think that I'm so good, I look at God's creation and realize how little I am. You can't help but look at the creation God has made and feel small. Earlier this year, my son and I were up in the mountains, and it was one night, we were out in a field, and we saw so many stars. I mean, I don't remember a time in the last 40 years when I had seen so many stars in one sky at one time. We both literally laid down in the field, looked up, and for about 20 minutes just watched those stars. It was brilliant. And you can't help but think that in this wide spanse of universe, who am I, just one person, in this great creation that God has made for us? I am nothing compared to what God has created and what God has given us to enjoy. And every once in a while, it's good for us to be humbled, isn't it? My dad would often say, Sometimes, son, you got to be cut down at the knees. Because sometimes we think too much about ourselves. When you look at God's creation, you can't help but think what a great and mighty God is for us. And you can't help but think and realize how wondrous God's deeds are for us to enjoy. And when you look at creation, when I I look at creation, here's what I think. First of all, wow. You know, there aren't too many wow moments in life, but when you look at creation, wow. But second, I think this. If this world, this creation, is so wondrous, can you imagine what heaven's going to be like? It's going to be raised exponentially to what we see and enjoy in this life. Another wow, or a bigger wow. So, to get us started, I want us to be thinking about the wondrous and mighty acts of God that we enjoy every day if we take notice. Because if you're like me some days... We rush around, we get up a little late, and we're moving around, and we go so fast that we don't take the time to slow down and enjoy what God has given to us. We've got to stop and smell those little things coming up out of the ground. You know, I sometimes wonder if this statement is so true. Do you think it is? I can't pretend to tell you that I know God's ways. Because even as a pastor, I do not know God's ways some days. There are weeks when, like this past week, I hear about and visit people in the hospital or in the ER. And and I wonder, you know, wonder why sometimes so many people have so many problems in their family or their lives. It just doesn't seem fair sometimes, to be honest. And I sometimes drive home in the afternoon after visiting somebody and and thinking to myself, God, I don't get it. 
where are you? What are you doing? What's going on here? I know you listen to us and you answer our prayers, but, but some you don't seem to right away. And I'm impatient here, you know. But God's ways are mysterious. And that means that God's ways are different than our ways, right? God's ways aren't Bob's ways. They aren't your ways. They're not human ways. They're ways that are beyond our comprehension and understanding. And every once in a while we get wind of that. We, we sense that God is a mighty God and does some miraculous and wonderful things. But for the most part, we say that God works in mysterious ways because we don't understand God's ways, right? Maybe someday we will. But for right now, there are some things that we don't understand. And that makes us exactly like some of the people in the Bible. You know, one of my fears as a pastor is that when you are reading the Bible, you say, well, Joseph, he was special. I'm not like Joseph. Or Ruth and Naomi, they were special Bible people. I'm not at all like them, or even the twelve disciples. They were God's chosen followers, his faithful disciples. I'm surely not as important as them. Well, think a little deeper. One denied him, one betrayed him, and a third one doubted him. Does that sound familiar? Huh. Because we're not that much different from these people. And that brings us to the story of Joseph. Now, the danger is, if you just hear the story that Jeff read today for us in chapter 45, you might wonder about some of the details of that story. Because without knowing the background, and it comes at you kind of later in timeline, you wonder, now what's going on here? Why, for example, were his brothers terrified when they saw him? Let's get to the deeper story here. Joseph was one of several boys in the family, and he seemed to be one of the favorites, right? He was given a coat of many colors by his father. His brothers were that J word, jealous? Now, I won't pry into your family, but I'll share one of my stories. When I was growing up, my brother and I fought like cats and dogs. And there was a time in my teenage years, I'm not proud of this, by the way, but for a time, I told my parents in no uncertain terms, I must have been adopted. Because I am not like him. You see, brothers are going to fight, right? And Joseph's family was no different. In fact, these brothers were so jealous and perturbed at Joseph, this younger brother, that they threw him into a pit or a well, which is depicted in this story. Matter of fact, the Bible says earlier in this chapter, this book of Genesis, they wanted to kill him. But one of the older brothers said, no, don't do that. Let's just throw him in the pit. 
Throw him in the well. That's good enough, right? Some of you, well, let's ask, how many of you are the youngest in the family? I can't raise my hand. Anybody else? Uh-oh. Okay, several of you. You know, sometimes when you're the youngest person in the family, the older one says, well, they got away with murder. But when you're the youngest one, your perspective is a little bit different, isn't it? Right? And Joseph was the youngest. He was one who felt the pressure of this family relationship going on. And Joseph was thrown into the pit because his brothers were downright jealous of him. They could not understand why their father seemed to favor him so. And they wanted revenge. They wanted to get him out of the picture. And so they did. After he was thrown in the pit, he was then sold as a slave. And then ends up in a faraway country. So... Here you are, the brothers who threw your youngest brother into the pit, left him basically for dead almost, then sold him into slavery, and he goes far, far away, thinking, ha, we'll never see that guy again. Right? We're finished with him. He's out of the picture never to be seen or worried about again. But what did we just say? Didn't we just say that God's ways are mysterious? What about this? Uh-oh. There's always more to the story, isn't there? There's always more to the story than we first think. When some of my friends or family would say to me, you look just like your dad, that used to tick me off. Because then I couldn't prove I was adopted, you see. <laughs> my dad often used this saying, what goes around comes around. And oh my, isn't it true? Just when you think you know how something's going to go, it comes around to bite you. And that's exactly what happened to Joseph's brothers. Because now, there's a famine, and everybody is hungry. There's a famine, and everybody's worried that, you know what? We're not going to survive this. We're going to die. And so their father sends over one of the sons to this faraway land where guess who is there? Remember Joseph? And then later, the whole clan of siblings goes over there. And I'll let the picture show the story. Now look at the faces of the brothers on the right. Do any of them look terrified? 
or worried? Big time. I mean, look how big their eyes are. Because they're being told by this so-called foreigner that in fact, he is their younger brother, Joseph, don't you know? What goes around comes around. Just never know. And so here, get the picture. These older brothers who wanted Joseph out of the picture completely, really wanted him dead at one point, now are coming to beg for food, and they suddenly realize they're begging for their survival from the very brother they threw into a well. If you want food, good advice would be, don't put the one who might help you into a well. That's not going to be very good for your cause. But that's exactly what happened to these bands of brothers. You know, when I hear the story of Joseph... One of the things I think of is, you can't make this up. This is too good. I mean, this is a really good story. This will preach. This will speak. And don't we all, at some way or the other, relate to the story a little bit? Especially if you have some other brothers who have done you wrong. Joseph's story is not just a story. It's a story of forgiveness. It's a story of pardon and acceptance. It's a story of surprise. And it's a story that God's ways are indeed mysterious. And we never know around which next corner we're going to turn that God is going to show us something good again. We never know. Joseph's story is powerful. And yes, it's a Bible story, but it's our story. If you are a man or a woman of God, a believer in Jesus Christ, this is your story. Because it's also a story of redemption, restoration. And this family gets back together. Now again, I don't know all your families all that well. I know some of you. But I know my own family. And we get together in my extended family every Thanksgiving night and every Christmas night. And usually once a year in the summer for a reunion. You know about that, Rick. And so both sides of my family, my mom's side and my dad's side, we get together occasionally. And I still find myself going back to my teenage thoughts thinking, am I really part of this family? You know, you don't choose your friend. I mean, your family. You, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. You know, your family is your family. There are some days I just shake my head and think, oh boy, the shanks or the parks. 
What a ridiculous amount of things going on. And I'm part of this? Yeah, you are. Joseph's story tells me that God's ways are wondrous, mysterious, and always better than mine. Aren't God's ways always better than our ways? You know, those moments when I catch myself saying, now God, why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you doing that? I suddenly... At some point, say, you know what, God? That's not my place. I'm overstepping my boundaries. That's your place to decide. And even though we have this meeting going on in St. Louis this week, where big decisions might be made by Tuesday, Jeff said it right in the prayer of dedication. This isn't our church. This isn't my church. This isn't your church. This is God's church. Am I right? I heard an amen. That's three today. I'm counting. I'm counting. I had a mentor in in Allentown. I was an associate pastor for five years there in this big, big church. And uh, Pastor Bob, senior pastor, was a great mentor to me. He gave me so much in those five years that I could never repay him or thank him enough. In fact, a year later, I was in my own church again, and not quite a year later, I called Bob, and I said, Bob, how are you doing? He goes, I'm doing great. Why'd you call me? I said, well, I called you to thank you, because the more I'm on my own, the more I realize how much you taught me. And got me ready to be on my own again. And one of the things that Bob always said to us in our morning worship meetings. We always had worship meetings at 740 every Sunday morning. For a night owl, that was awful. I mean, that was almost painful. And then we'd go over things like, well, is there water in the font today for the baptism? Very detailed. But one thing that Bob always said, I'll never forget. He said, this is not our church. This is God's church. And our job to lead worship is to do what God wants us to do. You know, we live in a lot of broken families. Families who fight and argue and are kind of like Joseph's family. And we live in a world that's like our stained glass window. It's broken. We have a lot of broken people in our world. And somehow, God's church, not my church or your church or our church, but God's church is doing things that are better than us. Every single time. I am just one person, one human man, And sometimes my ways are in line with God's ways, but sometimes they're not. I hope and pray that whenever we read the Bible, that we're seeing God's ways. 
through the brokenness of people, the average ordinary Joseph and Reuben and the rest of them, because we're God's people. But this is God's church. And I don't want you to be here because of me or Jeff or anything else, except for God. This is God's church. And almost regardless of what happens in our higher up hierarchy or decision making, it's still going to be God's church. And that's the church that I want to serve. God's ways are always better than mine. If I was writing the story of Joseph, I'm not sure I would have wanted it to end the way that it did. Because if I was Joseph, I'm not sure I would have been so forgiving. You know? I mean, they, they left me for dead. Then they sold me into slavery. But Joseph forgave them. And gave them a new chance. And isn't it wonderful that God gives us a new chance? Let us pray. God, we don't pretend to understand or even know all your majestic ways. We are so humbled whenever we see your creation and whenever we hear stories of how you work through people like Joseph and his brothers and his father. God, we ask you today to inspire us to be like Joseph, to welcome back into our family those who have wronged us, to forgive each other, and to focus on your ways instead of our own. Help us, God, to be your followers in this world of ours today. And we pray this in your name. Amen.